0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Wicked Garden Podcast. I'm your host Mike, and tonight we're here with Witness G. we got a show lined up for you to talk about uh, some various subjects, but uh, before we do that, let's get to some business. If you have a haunting cryptid sighting, UFO sighting, we would love to hear about it. Love to maybe have you on the show if you're into it. Uh, There's a couple of ways to get in touch with us. Uh, First one would be via via email, which is wickedgardenpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, And the second one would be to give us a call on our hotline, which is 609 800 5130. So tonight we got uh, some various subjects. We're going to talk about some UFO sightings, uh, some UFO legislation that's pretty exciting. And uh, we'll get to that right after this message.
1: I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with firsthand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and
2: the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us
1: on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon.
0: Yeah, so we got uh, some interesting sightings that have been reported lately. You brought one to my attention. Um, this one in uh, Oahu, in Hawaii, um, which happened, I think, last week or the week before.
1: Um, yeah, I think it was the 28th or the 29th of December. So it was right before, uh, right before the new year.
0: Yeah, so I got a news report on it. Um, it's worth listening to, although you know everybody won't be able to see it. But if you guys just go... Uh, to youtube and check out bright blue ufo scene crashing you'll you'll be able to see it and see see if i can play this here it's worth listening to
3: officials from the federal aviation administration say there were no aircraft incidents or accidents in this area tuesday night but multiple witnesses report seeing a large blue object fall out of the sky and into the ocean something is in the sky what is that? This video was taken by Misitina Sape at 826 Tuesday night near Haleakala Avenue in Nanakuli. Not long after, a woman named Mariah spotted the same thing passing over Princess Kahanu Estates. And I looked up. And then I was like, oh, s**t. Started calling my husband because it
2: was all in the garage. I was like, hey, come look up there. let see what I see.
3: They all say, yeah. The 38-year-old says she's never really been a believer in UFOs, but the bright blue object had them so intrigued, they jumped in the car and started following it. I
2: don't know what it was. This one was going
3: so fast. The journey ended less than three miles from where it began on Farrington Highway in front of the Board of Water Supply building after the object appeared to drop into the ocean. Oh, the f- land in the water whatever it is. She described it as being larger than a telephone pole and says she never heard it make any sound.
2: We called 911 whole for have like one cop or somebody to come out and um
3: Come check them out. While officers were on scene, she says they spotted a second light. My
2: husband looked up and he seen the white one coming. The white one was smaller, was coming in the same direction as the blue
3: one. They lost sight of the object after it passed over a nearby mountain. This morning, we asked Honolulu Police if investigators figured out what fell in the water. A spokesperson told us they didn't have any information. Meanwhile, officials from the FAA said they received a report from police Tuesday night about a possible plane down in the area, but had no aircraft disappear off radars and no reports of overdue or missing aircraft. Wow, like <laughs> Although Mariah's had a couple days to think about it, she says she's still baffled by what she saw. Allison Blair, Hawaii News Now.
0: Yeah, so when you watch the video, um, it kind of looks like a blue, um, almost like a blue Cheeto in the sky, man.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it it definitely looks different to me.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of glowing. It's giving off a blue light, and, you know, it moves left to right pretty quickly. So, you know, unless there's some really, really whipping winds up there, like the Chinese lantern thing doesn't work for me. Um you know, how about you? What did you think?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think it is. I know winds can get that high and can blow something that far, but uh what I thought was what just wasn't adding up to me, I think, was the fact that uh the girl that you just heard the uh eyewitness, I think her name's Mariah, but uh she actually she got in the car and she followed the thing for almost two, three miles. So if the wind was whipping, you know, that far, I know a lot of people have been speculating it's like an LED kite. I don't know if you came across any of that.
0: Yeah, I did see a little bit of that, but that, that doesn't work for me either. It's really big. Yeah,
1: and that's that's exactly that's what's not adding up because I I did see the video of the uh, LED kites, and it looks sort of similar, but uh, if if something's moving, you know, that quickly, like two three miles down the coastline it's going to take some winds, And if it's going to take winds like that, that tail would have been whipping out sideways, but it looked to me like it was vertical. So th- that just wasn't adding up to me. That, uh,
0: yeah. And it never really changes shape.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty much, they described it as like a lit telephone pole, I think, you know?
0: Yeah. So it's so, like, it stays it, rigid. It, it doesn't have any give to it. It never changes shape. So you would think a kite under different, you know, pressures of wind would change shape and that doesn't do That's not what we're seeing in this video.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh I I couldn't hear what you just played, but uh I'm assuming it's the video I've seen already a couple yeah, times. Yeah. But uh I'm not sure if they mentioned it in that video, but I think uh after it went down in the water, and you can actually hear the lady say, you know, you know, she lost it in the water. But uh they called a cop. And the cop came out to the uh, location, and uh, I guess when he was on the scene, they actually they spotted another light, like a, just a solid white light coming yeah. from uh, mm-hmm. the same direction, and they lost that over some mountaintops, I think is what it was.
0: Yeah, and the other thing, too, is when this thing starts moving towards the ocean, man, it, it, it goes fast. So, ba- basically, it's going along left to right, and then it just kind of just drops right out of the sky.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right
0: down into the ocean. And then, you know, the FAA gets involved, um, you know, and they're, they get a call and they're checking it out and they can't figure it out. But then the weird part of that report is at the end, they say, um, you know, something about a possible plane going down, (laughs) but then, yeah. And I
1: think what it was is, uh, I mean, we only heard from one eyewitness. I think it was filmed like from multiple, uh, Multiple people had filmed it. Right. But I if, if somebody just seen that, you know, if they just caught the tail end of the, the sighting and saw something go down in the water, maybe they made a report that maybe an aircraft was down. And it didn't seem like it matched up as far as the nights go. Because uh it sounded like the uh down the aircraft thing happened on the uh the twenty eighth, and I think the actual sighting happened on the 29th. So
0: Yeah, and the other thing is I don't know aircraft. if that's yeah,
1: that was an inconsistency I saw.
0: Yeah. And when EFA looked looked into it, they they didn't find any planes overdue or missing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what uh that's what we would have done. Just uh you know, from my perspective with with what I do is these aircraft have flight plans. So anytime you see something flying, man, it's it's filed a flight plan. And it's up to those pilots to close it out with flight services when they're done. Right. And if they don't or we have an overdue aircraft, we issue something called an all-not, which is an alert notice, which is basically for overdue aircraft. And uh, if so many minutes have gone by after these aircraft are overdue, then we start searching rescue. So it's a big deal. We would know if there was any aircraft missing as far as, you know, the FAA or general military aircraft controllers anyway. Yeah. So it, I think that's something normal they would look into, but it's a uh, – it is – Slightly funny if those things aren't connected, that it would uh, you know, that it would have been reported as an aircraft down. At the same time, you have this sighting where you got glowing lights going into the ocean. You know, I think it's probably the same thing. Yeah,
0: and you know, your mind goes right away to these Chinese Chinese lantern things, like you said, earlier. Yeah, mine sure did. But you know, it just it it doesn't. It's more than that. This this one isn't a Chinese lantern. In my personal yeah, and, uh,
1: opinion, if uh, you know, the regular listeners here, they know we've uh, we're pretty on board with the uh, lights in the sky documentary <laughs> exactly. we've been talking about. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's exactly where my mind went when I was looking at the uh, footage of this thing.
0: Yeah, now what he's talking about is he's talking about lights in the sky, which is on Amazon Prime, and it's uh, done by Krista Alexander. It's an f- excellent documentary, and if you guys haven't seen it and you are open minded, when it comes to this phenomenon, take a look at it, and it'll really, really change your mind about a lot of things, or at least get you thinking and open your yeah, mind. Yeah, especially if that.
1: you just look up the footage of this sighting, it'd be a good documentary to look at if you got some time to kill.
0: Yeah, like yeah.
1: look at the sighting footage and look at that documentary, and uh, just uh, see what you think.
0: Yeah, we'll give him one more show before we ruin it for him and give him spoiler alerts. Yeah. But it's <laughs> it's a really good one. I'm I'm hoping to get Crystal on the show so we can talk about it because it's just fantastic. It's on Amazon Prime and it's called Lights in the Sky. So you can just uh, if you've got Prime, you can watch it for free. But yeah, it it's a really impressive video, and I didn't know anything about it. That's the other thing. This this isn't really getting a lot of play, like you know, other videos it's have. It's
1: not. It's getting buried in the media.
0: Yeah. Which is kind of weird, right? I, I guess because it's it all the way
1: out in Hawaii. I don't know. It's something that I've noticed is usually like right around New Year's. There's always something that comes out. I feel like the first big sighting of the of the New Year. You know what I mean? That's true. So that's kind of what I was looking for when when I came across this. Even though it happened, you know, tail end of 2020. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm surprised it hasn't got the. Uh, hasn't got the attention I thought it would. Cause I mean, it's the super clear, the footage they got is actually pretty nice. Yeah. It's not too blurry, but you still don't know exactly what you're looking at. Yeah. But it, yeah. you know, it's, it's nothing normal.
0: No, <clears throat> no, I, I can't come up with anything on it. It's one of those ones that I have to sit there and go, wow. You know,
1: but, but uh interestingly, I think we uh did some, uh, Independent research on our own, and kind of came across the same thing, which is the uh, night marchers, which is actually a phenomenon that happens on Oahu, which is where this sighting took place. If you want to talk about that, well, yeah, bit. I
0: mean, like a Wahoo period. It just first of all, when I looked into it, there's a ton of ton of UFO sightings. Now, there's a bunch of them on YouTube. And I think one of them is just people mistaking a flight pattern. Uh, there is some Chinese lanterns videos, but Oahu just in general just gets a ton of different sightings. And you you spoke about something um, that has always super creeped me out. I don't know what it is about Hawaii, but the Ho- Hawaiian legends are some of the creepier legends ever. All right, so they I'm, really
1: are. They yeah, really are.
0: Yeah, and like you mentioned, the night marchers. So basically what this is, is there's an area of Oahu. It's a bay. Um, and it kind of, it, you know, it, it lays at the base of a, a mountain range. And there's an area there, uh, you know, up on the mountain range that's famous for these night marchers. And what the night marchers are is they're, um, the legend says that they're dead warriors. And what they're doing is they're marching souls uh, down to the bay because the Bay is where souls cross over into the uh, afterlife. So, uh, the thought process is that these are dead warriors. Um, and they come over the mountain with, uh, drums and conch shells and torches, and they come at night and it's by lunar cycle. So basically what they're doing is they're coming when there's absolutely no moon. And they kind of zigzag, down this mountainside, And, um, the legend is if you are, if you hear the the drums and you hear the conch shells, you, you should get out of there um, and get out of the way because if you look upon them, uh, you are thought to be carried to the afterlife as well. So basically you die and it's one of the creepier legends ever. So here, these guys are all dressed up and you know, they're, they got this, uh, these feather caps on and feather vests and they're, they're carrying these torches and they're playing these conch shells and they're playing these drums. And, you know, if you look upon them, you're done. The, the only way to get out of it is if you are related to somebody who's in the procession. So if you have an ancient ancestor, they may look, they may be okay with you and protect you and let the, you know, the procession pass by. But you could imagine, you're hanging around Oahu late at night. That's one of, one of the creepier legends ever, right?
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. I found out that it's, it's been attributed to a lot of car accidents, actually, like in modern times.
0: Yeah, people looking uh, up on a mountain and seeing lights. and
1: Yeah, <laughs> and they go off the road. Yeah. like it's, that's apparently super common.
0: Yeah, and even if you are related to somebody in a procession, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to strip down, naked lay on the ground face down with your hands behind your head. So you're posing no threat while these things go by. But if you're from off Island um, and they come by, you're done. So a ton of, of different uh, legends about that. And just really, really creepy.
1: Um, yeah. did it, Just this sighting in general basically put me down a rabbit hole. Man, and uh, exactly, man, just the Hawaiian folklore in general was, Yeah, pretty creepy, man. Yeah. But uh, what's interesting, too, is this thing was documented all the way back in the uh, like, I think the 1880s by uh, Captain Cook.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy stuff, man. Um, You know, and that there's that area just in general has a ton of different sightings. There's actually a, a guy who tells stories on, you know, on YouTube about Oahu. who's great. So if you want to check out some videos, go check out his videos. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. But there's another area there that's called the Pali Highway. And what it does is it goes yeah. between Oahu and Honolulu uh, because that, that area is kind of, uh, you kind of have to go around this uh, old voca- volcanic mountain. And uh, that volcano, when it overflowed, took out this village down at the base of it right near that bay uh, where the night marchers, you know, marched to. So this highway was built along that, that uh, stretch to kind of connect, you know, Oahu to Honolulu. And at night, they actually closed a, a section of the highway, the part that's the, the overlook. So there's like a little place where you can pull off and you can kind of check out the sights because it's absolutely beautiful. But there's there's so much death and so much uh, you know pain and suffering that happened when that volcano erupted that uh, the area remains haunted. This Pali highway, and there are actual Honolulu police who go up and close that Pali lock, you know, look out down at night, who have told stories. Uh, I saw a story online. One woman uh, told a story about a female officer told a story about she went up to close uh the lookout and it's about you know two miles long three miles long whatever it is so there's one gate at one end and then you know they 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 go down to that gate and she closes that one and then on the way back she closes the other one so she went down to the far gate turned the car around locked it up and started down the road and she ran into an old woman along the side of the road uh, who was you know wearing a Nike. And
1: I'm already creeped out. Yeah, I'm already creeped out, man.
0: Yeah, a lot like the the thing that happened on Route 55 right here in Jersey. Uh, so she she yeah. comes along and she runs into this woman, and you know she kind of drives past her, uh, because you know she was she was a little bit freaked out herself. She didn't want to stop right away, so she drove like maybe ten to twenty feet past her. Uh, she looks in her side view mirror, and the woman's not there anymore. So she starts driving. Uh, gets another maybe like you know 20, 10, 20 yards, and she just feels this urge to look in her rearview mirror. She looks in her rearview mirror and here this woman is sitting in the back, uh, you know, with her head down, uh, kind of glowing. So she's basically got this ghost in the back seat, and she she didn't panic. Uh, she just was like, you know, hey, and they call older people in Hawaii auntie. It's like one of their things yeah. that they do. So she was like, auntie, where, you know, where do you need to go? Do you need a ride? She had thought maybe the woman had just, you know, when she slowed down, got in the back of the car, she's, you know, she still didn't, wasn't thinking she was an actual apparition. Um, And the woman wouldn't answer her. She just kept driving along. Um, And there's a couple series. There's a a tunnel there that you drive through. So when she got to the other end of the drive-through and she was, she just kept asking her questions and talking kindly to her. And she said to her, after she realized something's up with this you know, lady, it's not probably an actual woman. It's probably an apparition. She told her, look, I'd love to take you to the other side, but I can't. I'm not allowed. Uh, she was talking to her, and she glanced uh, away for a second and glanced back up in the uh, rearview mirror, and she was gone. Um, pretty creepy, creepy stuff. So this was actually a Honolulu police officer got on, and she actually talks about it in a video on YouTube. You can check that out, too.
1: And yeah, um, I definitely want to, man. I did not hear that one, yeah, but, uh, one, man, one I got goosebumps creepier, right
0: now. Creepier <laughs> stories. Yeah, and and on that highway, too, there's a, a series of tunnels that kind of go through the mountain to shorten it, right? Okay. And they say that when you go in those tunnels, if you just, you know, turn the car off and listen, you can hear screams and, you know, uh, different conch shells going off and almost like the night marchers going through the tunnel. So, Oh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that Pali Highway and Pali Lookout is just a really, really creepy place. In Oahu, there's another area. It's called 16th Street Bridge. And uh, the legend there kind of goes over the highway. And the legend there was that uh, a young Japanese girl was hit there, hit and a runway. She was uh, very young. And what will happen is when you walk across the 16th Street Bridge, Uh, to get from one side of Oahu to the other, you'll feel the girl slip her hand into your hand. Um, So another really creepy, creepy legend. And um, there was somebody online who was talking about actually having a picture of that. Uh, They took a picture at the end of the bridge, and you could actually see a little Japanese girl looking between the two of them, like sticking her head from behind them, like she was hiding behind them. That's oh, another man. yeah, that's another creepy one. And, and there's a cemetery there. Uh, there were some Chinese workers that came over to build a lot of stuff. You know, Hawaii had a lot of Japanese people and there was some Chinese people that came over to build some stuff, so they have their own cemetery there. And it sits next to a school. And uh what'll happen is during the school day, broad daylight, they'll hear the school bell cause they have like a bell out on the grounds that people go out and ring it and it tells the kids to come back into school. They'll, they'll hear rocks hitting the bell or see rocks come from the cemetery and hit the bell. So they will just, oh, sta- yeah, just be standing there in the playground and these rocks come and they hit the bell. Crazy, crazy stuff, man. Uh, it's just, just never ending. in yeah, Honolulu.
1: honestly, I've never been, um, I'd like to, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize until very recently, doing the research for this, uh, I didn't realize how rich they were in, like, the folklore and, you know, especially just paranormal in general. And I didn't even come across the stuff you are just telling me about. I, I found, like, burial mounds and, you know, ancient battlegrounds there, you know, there's a lot of stuff associated with that. But, man, when a, you know, little Japanese girl goes... Get involved, man. That's, like, next level creepy. Yeah.
0: There's actually a really cool picture, too, um, when we get back to, to the night marchers. There's actually a really cool picture online. Uh, these women that went and did one of those, like, Iron Man tri- triathlon things, like, you know, where they do, like, 100 miles, and they do it all different ways, you know, like, maybe oh, 50, yeah, yeah, sure. 50 miles of running and blah, blah, blah. And this woman takes a picture of her friend. She's, like, a pace setter for her on the run she takes a picture of her friend who's in front of her and she's running up the side of the mountain and right off to the left is pictured in that picture is a night marcher. And it is one that will make your blood run cold.
1: I got to look that up. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) A bunch of people are online making fun of it, saying it's probably just some crackhead in the forest. But I mean, you know, they're, they're wearing period clothing and they're all one color. So it's like a dark purplish gray. Like, you know, and it's pretty bright. It doesn't appear to be Photoshopped at all. And I'm pretty good at picking that stuff out. And it's it's just a really, really creepy picture. And that's up near Manoa Falls, which is part of that whole Manoa Valley where those night marchers come through. Yeah. yeah it's it's just a lot of Hawaiian folklore, man. And I my And One of my best friends actually lived in Hawaii, and he moved here. Uh, he moved actually to Philly in the seventh grade. And he used to tell me that, too, when he was over there. Um, he actually came by way of Vietnam. He's still a good friend of mine. But he told me about all the Hawaiian legends. Um, and I, I, would you look it up, you will not be disappointed. Pretty crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Plus all that stuff that's around, you know, Pearl Harbor. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that's... That's a whole rabbit hole. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole rabbit hole in and of itself. The sounds and the the stuff they see at night. And it's just, just really, really creepy stuff. Yeah. So anyway, getting back to UFOs. Um, want to talk a little bit about this legislation that's wrapped up with the COVID bill. Did you check that out?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I think, it's on our radars. I think it's going to be on a lot more people's radars here soon in a couple months. But yeah. uh,
0: and the UFO Twitter is already talking about it. So basically what it says is that the, the, all branches of the government must come up with a report about, um, you know, UAPs, UFOs, things that are seen in the sky that they can't explain. And they must come up with it sometime in, in the next six months. And it was tied into this COVID COVID, uh, legislation that just went through in January. So I looked into, yeah, it. L-
1: I think it may even be sooner. I think they had 120 days.
2: Yeah.
0: You know what? It's also right.
1: kind of interesting to me because, uh, everything came out last year. I think it was like the March, April timeframe. And I, it, that lines up again, like exactly the timeframe of, uh, 2021. So by the time this thing comes out, it should be, if it comes out, which you know, I'm even skeptical of what they're going to release, and if when, whatever they release, I'm probably going to be skeptical of. But um, that should that should be dropping here around the same uh, same time frame, so around March April of this year.
0: Yeah, here's here's the same article. time
1: everything came out last year when the Pentagon right it's admitted like Every year
0: you're going to get a little bit of a uh, you know like a dog bone to keep going here. Here it is. As part of the newly passed COVID-19 relief legislation, lawmakers are demanding answers from U.S. intelligence agencies and the Defense Department on the potential existence of UFOs and other identified aerial phenomenon. Uh, The $2.3 trillion omnibus appropriations legislation passed last month includes the Intelligence Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal 2021, which provides more resources toward investigation, Gathering and strengthening open source intelligence collection among the agencies, uh, and yes, you're right. They've got to come up with it in 180 days. So it is. It's 180 okay. days. And we were talking last night. I didn't know who sponsored this legislation, and it's Marco Rubio. Yep. So
1: and I guess he was pushing it since June.
0: Yeah, and he, but here's an interesting part. I was reading about it last night. It will be an unclassified report, but there will be a classified section to it.
1: Yeah. Did you know that? uh, I'm I'm sure that's coming, yeah.
0: Okay, so Um, basically everybody's getting excited about this, but there's going to be a part of it that's classified. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And, you know, one of the things that's odd, right, is Marco Rubio takes a lot of money from big tech, I mean, he re- he just does. Um, he's accused of that all the time, right? And he hasn't done anything to stand up to the censorship that's been going on lately. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not specifically talking about Trump getting censored. He probably deserved it. I'm just talking about people in general getting censored on big tech. And Rubio takes a yeah. lot of money from big tech. So, you know, here we are again getting a carrot dangled in front of our face. But a couple things here, you know, Number one, it's coming from Marco Rubio, which, you know, once again, makes me think, is it coming directly from big tech, you know?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, I know for me personally, I'm not going to say whether I think he's the corporate puppet or not, but uh, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Right.
0: Right. And the other thing is uh, there's going to be a portion of it. I
2: I think he's,
1: yeah, yeah. And just uh, looking at his older, I guess the uh, stuff that came out around June, July time frame with him, he's really pushing this as it's a uh, like a defense bill, almost against uh, like Chinese and Russian UAVs. Like I, I feel like that's what he thinks. It. I think he thinks it's foreign tech. Okay, and it's not surprising to me because, like you said just now, like he's taking a lot of money from big tech here, so. I think there's definitely a correlation there. I don't I don't think uh Rubio's, you know, out for you know, uh you know, a soldier for disclosure or something like that, you know. I think it's I think he's probably got other motivations at hand, but yeah. Uh, it it is interesting that this is how it's coming out and that it was wrapped up in this COVID bill anyway. So <laughs> Right. I mean, that's all pretty strange, you know.
0: You know, and everybody everybody's getting overheated and excited about, you know, quote unquote disclosure. Okay, and look, I no, nobody would be happier if it happened than, than me. I, I don't think they have anything to disclose. I think they know just about as much as we do. It's my personal opinion.
1: but yeah, same. <laughs> once again,
0: you know you're getting all wrapped up around this report now coming out in 180 days, and you know it's, it's going to be a portion of it's going to be classified. So once again, it's going to be hand you know fed information that they want us to know.
1: Yeah, um, you know. So what's gonna happen is the the uh, you know crazier side of like the UFO community, or I you know UFO Twitter, like you like to say too. Mm-hmm. They're gonna gobble up the uh, unclassified stuff, and the, they're just gonna speculate for months and months and run with it about everything that was classified. You know,
0: right?
1: And uh, I just uh, we're talking about it because we know it's gonna be big news here soon but I think we're both kind of on a skeptical side of whatever they release anyway.
0: If you don't take this information for what it, for what it's worth and with a grain of salt and just forget about all your opinions and what your theories are on, you know, UFOs and alien life and all that other good stuff. If you don't do that, you're doing yourself a disservice. You gotta, you can't use whatever comes out, to prove or disprove somebody else's theory or prove or disprove your theories, take it for what it is, you know, take the information, read it, digest it, you know, and, and don't twist it to apply it to your particular theories on what this stuff is. That's all I'm saying.
1: (laughs) You know, I I think what's interesting about it is, not to get too off topic here, but uh, I just, I think it's interesting. There's coming from multiple like intelligence agencies. So it's not just the FBI's document. It's not just the, you know, the CIA or the Pentagon. It's like a multi, <laughs> it's like a multi-agency document. That's who has the report so, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a. And it, it is interesting. Like
0: You're a, right. It's interesting that they worded it that way.
1: Yeah, and they even have a guidelines of what you know exactly what they're supposed to put in this report. So they got any info regarding UAPs found using geospatial intelligence, signals intelligence, human intelligence, or measurement and signature intelligence, regardless of which agency service collected the data. So I mean man, I feel like they're asking for a lot in a little amount of time too, on, on top of that. So I mean, we've all had homework assignments or you know, term papers or something due, you know, that we've known about for months. And what do we do? <laughs> I mean, <money. laughs> humans usually procrastinate, man. I know yeah. it got me through college. I got I got a pretty nice GPA, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man, I did not work ahead of time. Yeah. I I was definitely uh flying by on a seat my pants kind of guy. I was just a lot of coffee that night before.
0: And what really, what are the repercussions for them to just
1: omit something? There's no, yeah, ob- nobody's holding them to anything. There's no oversight. There's, there's no accountability here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's no oversight. So once again, is there any reason why this isn't going to just be hand fed information that they want the public to hear? And the answer is no, it's not like the, it's not like the, the general accounting office is going in and looking at what they have. They're asking them, look at what you have and give it to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, until you involve the public, you know, uh, you're, or, you know, oversight that we can see any kind of progress made with, then uh, this really is, is just going to piss a lot of people off.
0: Yeah, you've got to, if you want to really look into this stuff, you got to appoint, you know, an independent council. And if you do that, you know, you know, how are they going to know where to look? Yeah, that's my problem with this whole thing. You're, you're always just going to get what they want you to hear. And that's all I'm trying to say. I know, you know, our sh- I, I pride our show on the fact that we don't just gobble this shit up <laughs> and speculate. You know what I mean? I, I, I really do. Yeah. I pride us on, you know, j- just not gobbling it up and speculating and I just wish more people would do that. Like I was, t- I was talking to you yesterday briefly. Not get sidetracked on this too much, but I was listening to another show and a host that I really, really um, respect. It's just a really great host who was playing a noise, a Bigfoot noise, and you know this noise comes on and it basically just sounds like you know every other wood knock, right? And he asked, you know the the person that he has on the guest plays it, says, Hey, here's what I heard out in the woods. Play this sound. You hear this knock and you, know, he, he allows them to come back from the audio and the person says, yeah, I asked the guy that was with me and he said that that's a signal. It's a bigfoot signal for them to all get out of the, get out of the woods. <laughs> like, and I thought he would push back on it and he did not And I was just so disappointed. Right. Because that's the problem. People hear what they want to hear. They have this, you know, theory, they have these theories built up and they're so, they're so invested in them. There's so much of their ego invested in being right that they just can't <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like they just can't listen yeah, to something Yeah, I mean, i am telling you man,
1: this community's the worst about that. Like it I think we really he, are, man.
0: I think the UFO com- community is way worse than the Bigfoot community about that. I just do. I think that there's people dug in on all sides in the UFO community and they just have long ago stopped filtering information for what it's worth. They've basically just taken bits and pieces of it and applying it to their theory and just building their own little house of cards. You know what? And that's cool. That's what they want to do, but that's not going to happen here on this show.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, I, uh, first of all, man, I, I'm not even exactly how I sh- how I ended up on this show, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, I'm I'm glad I'm part of this man because uh I I don't want it to come across like I'm a skeptic about everything. I'm just I'm just cautious, man, and I don't want to buy into what everybody else is buying into. No. I want to make my own opinions, and those opinions are going to change over time too, you know. So I don't want to lock in and get invested on one thing because I'm not. I don't want to be one of these guys down the line. that's going to be like, well, you know, I, I want to be stuck on one theory.
0: No, because you're not I
1: don't want to go all in on it, man. I want to play cards all night. I don't want to go all in on one hand,
0: you know? No, and you're you're not moving towards the truth. You're falling yourself and you're lying to yourself. And you know, that's one thing that has to happen. We have to move towards the truth. We have to take evidence for what it's worth. We have to take things at their at their value, face value, and that'll move us towards answers. There's no other reason to talk about this shit. I mean, I you know, we could talk about it for ten years. I could have a different author on every week talking about a different theory, you know, like every other show does, you know, we can base an entire show around sleep paralysis. Like there's another show that does. (laughs) So, you know, I I could do all that stuff, but we're not moving towards answers or we're not moving towards learning anything. Right. I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, for me,
1: you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we bring up this bill, it, it may not be huge news right now, but it's going to be. It's going to be a shit show. I mean, you heard it here first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just going to send people down, you know, more rabbit holes and entrench people more. And hof- hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully there's more more people out there that are thinking along the lines that we're thinking.
1: I think so. I think uh, probably people in our camp and, you know, that are on similar mindsets are probably, uh, the quieter people.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's set the record. Maybe straight. they're not we,
1: out there posting everything. You we're,
0: know, we're here. We're doing a show. We believe, you know, in this stuff, we believe there's something to it. We believe in the, you know, different theories of the unknown. And so we're here, we're doing it, you know, and we're not here. You know, I'm not sponsored by Michael Shermer. You know, we're not skeptical inquirer here. You know, we believe in this stuff. It's just, uh, we like to take
1: it for what it's worth. That's basically yeah, exactly. It's, speaking of believing in stuff, uh, I think we both had some recent experiences.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Seeing as we're on UFOs, um, did you want to talk about what's going on with you first?
1: Yeah. I'll, uh, so I've been in for two years and I'm an I'm an air traffic controller here and everywhere I go for, I'm a controller. I always have something happen. And, uh, I figured it would happen sooner than this, but, uh, it finally happened for me a couple of weeks ago, but I did see a, a red light that we did not have on our radar. It's definitely not a drone it was moving way too fast and, uh, it, it changed direction and, uh, it happened so quick. Uh, my entire team seen it, man. We had, we all literally just looked at each other and had goosebumps.
0: Well, you guys are up in the tower. But,
1: uh, yeah. And we had a, we had a pilot on the other side of it. So Uh, you know, it was, it was something none of us pushed as far as reports go, because nobody was hurt. There was no safety violations or anything like that. But, uh, you know, between me, another controller and a pilot, we, uh, you know, we all independently saw some, the exact same thing. It wasn't on a radar. It definitely wasn't an aircraft, but, uh,
0: you said it was a red light from
1: my vantage point looking East, I was looking East and I seen something moving from my left to right. So it was moving from the north to the south, basically. And uh, it was it was moving up on probably like a 15-degree angle. If uh, the horizon's 90, it would have been probably about a – well, if the, if the horizon was 45, it would probably be at about a 30-degree angle and then immediately shot up to almost like 360. So it, it went lengthwise from my left to right for probably about two miles – and was probably about a mile and a half to two miles away from me. And it shot basically almost straight up. I don't, it could have been tracer fire or chain off the mountain range. Uh, but I've never seen tracer fire that bright. And uh, man, it was a, uh, it also changed speed when it changed direction. So on initially it was slower.
0: Okay. When it was until going, it
1: changed direction and it went a lot faster. So
0: Almost like it was button uh, out.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't that doesn't uh, seem to fit the bill for what I was trying to rationalize it with. As, which, as far as that tracer fire goes, and uh, I've seen a lot of tracer fire. And that's just the best way I can use to describe uh, what it looked like.
0: Any aircraft? Definitely not that,
1: what I think it was.
0: Any aircraft that you think it could have been? Any known no. aircraft?
1: Uh, None that I know of, but I mean, just like a lot of things people report seeing, I've never seen anything like this one before. I've I've seen lots of weird stuff before, but uh, <laughs> this one was definitely a new one for me and a solid, almost like a lightsaber red. So it was only red, really. It was red looking at it, but I would say it was more white in the center. So it was like, okay, I I guess red outer edge, almost a right. uh, flourish. Okay. But definitely not a flare because, you know, I definitely know what those look like. Now this when, was not that. So,
0: now when this thing shoots up in the air, um, it's going a lot faster than like a drone could, something along those lines. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to sure. push you on details uh, that much because you and I have talked about this off the air. And it, when you told me it, I was f- completely freaked out. But, you know, Basically, there's, you don't think there's any aircraft or any kind of drone or anything else that could have been. The only thing you think it could have been was tracer fire, and then it would have had to have deflected perfectly off of something and accelerated rather than slowing down.
1: Exactly, is, uh, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Like That, that doesn't behave like any uh, you know, aircraft I know. If I had to describe it, I would, I would more describe it as a projectile like a glowing projectile than an actual aircraft. Wow. If, if that helps, you know, that's, that's how fast it was moving, you know, after it changed direction. Yeah.
0: Man, that's a, that's a crazy story. And I know we can't talk about too much more of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I wish I could, uh, I wish I could give you even more specifics, but nothing's really going to change. You know, yeah. Nothing's going to give you any better insight into what it was. Uh, Just, uh, I don't know what the hell it was. Uh, you know, my black Hawk pilot and my coworker, I mean, we all just were like, what the hell was that? (laughs) Uh, and it was, it was basically, it was a routine night. Otherwise I mean, it was, it was perfectly dark out. So yeah, man, I I honestly, I don't know. But, uh, I know other controllers in this area, we all get together and we talk and, Usually, save for drinks, but uh, when it comes out, this is this is similar to a, a another sighting I heard from another controller. Oh, okay. And uh, he wasn't up there with this, but you know th- he had described it to us probably months ago. And uh, he he saw something. It was it was no what I saw happened in two straight lines. There was no curvature. It was it was one line and sudden change of direction, like a ricochet. And that's, but, uh, that's
0: another reason not to think it was a tracer. If it was yeah, a perfectly yeah. straight line, it's not a tracer because a tracer, you know, has that arc to it. And also yeah, tracer, exactly. I mean, tracers burn, what it is, is it's basically burning phosphorus. So it's it's burning white as it travels through the air. I'm pretty sure it's what, what goes on with tracers. I think they're coated with phosphorus and the heat actually makes them glow. You know, the friction of traveling through the air. so. You know, it'd be very odd to see a red tracer.
1: Yeah. And now if it had burnt out, then we wouldn't have seen it because basically from our field of vision, uh, we don't have a glass ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, we can see 360 degrees along the horizon. We can't see straight up in the air. You know what I mean? Unless we're outside on the catwalk right on the roof. But, uh, yeah, it, it was way out of our frame of vision. Uh, if it did burn out, and I don't know that it did, you know, yeah. uh, I feel like we see a lot more using the nogs up there or the NBC goggles than uh, I feel like you would see just looking out into the darkness with the naked eye. But uh, man, you you definitely this you did not need any aids to see this thing. <laughs> like we we had one guy that had the nogs. He would he didn't have them up to his face or anything, but uh we were we were all just looking out into the darkness when yeah. we seen this thing
0: and again this stuff happens so fast you don't have any time to put them on anyway you either had them yeah. on and you were looking in that direction or you
1: weren't But, yeah i don't want to say exactly where i'm at <laughs> yeah we, how, we can leave it at that but, how long
0: do you think if if you had to say how long do you think it was it was in your vision 3 seconds 2 seconds
1: oh no i'd say like easily uh, easily five seconds. Oh, okay. okay. I would say probably three seconds for the initial, uh, trajectory it was on. And then the, like I said, it, once it changed direction, it was so fast. It probably it was just another two. And I was, uh, just basically out of our field of view. If I could see the entire sky, I don't, I, I don't think it would have lasted more than 10 seconds, but I think altogether probably about five seconds.
0: Yeah. And you guys are sitting in the dark up there,
1: right? Yeah, well, I mean, normally we have you know airfield lighting on, so I mean, we're not uh, we have radar screens in front of us, uh, lots of equipment and monitors, buttons that are like uh, a very light glow. You know what I mean? It's everything's turned down. You can make it out, but you're pretty much sitting in the dark. But uh, and everybody's sitting
0: still. Like, you yeah, know.
1: yeah. We, we all have our we all work positions. So okay. you have one guy on one position, you know, and another guy, and I was on soup at the time, so I was sitting on a in a desk, basically in the middle of the room. But we all see 360 degrees. We're on, you know, we have spinning chairs. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Usually, we're on our feet. But uh, yeah. But so yeah, it's not like it's point,
0: not it's not reflection in a glass from somebody throwing a cigarette. Across oh no no, no no.
1: Matter right. of fact, like our usually air traffic control towers glass is like usually angled.
0: That was what I was going to want to ask you. If there's some kind yeah. of special quality to the glass so that you guys don't get that effect.
1: Yeah. Th- that's why, uh, anytime you see a air traffic control tower, it's, it's never a straight up and down window. Like you'd see on your house or something like that. I noticed
0: that they're kind of angled. Yeah. It's out.
1: They're usually angled out. And that's because of, uh, t- that's strictly because of reflection. Cause, uh, if you have an aircraft coming at you or, you know, transitioning from the north to the south and you're looking at that aircraft from the east, if the windows were straight up and down and you were looking out to the west, it may look like you have another aircraft. So it's, it's, it's right. literally to help us not conf- not see reflections because when you're surrounded by glass, man, those reflections look as good as, sure you know, a normal aircraft would, especially at night when it's, when it's dark and you just have lights out there. So that's why, uh, they angle the wind is outward at a, at a slight angle. That way we don't, we don't see reflections. So it, it's definitely what we saw was no reflection of any kind. There you go.
0: That's pretty cool. Uh,
1: yeah. And it, at this point too, I should mention, like, like I said, we normally would have our airfield lights on, but we are doing MVG ops. So even the Blackhawk out there on the other side of the mountain range, she was, uh, he had his lights off, so we definitely weren't seeing him, him or any reflection from his lights. Uh, we we had our field completely blacked out for our MVG operations. And wow. our, the only aircraft out at that time, he was also blacked out. So we were tracking him on the radar. Um, we didn't get a primary target. We, we didn't get anything on our radar. We had we had a couple of uh, what we call ghost targets in that area where we were seen it coming from, but that's almost normal on a nightly basis. But, uh, actually seeing something with the naked eyes is, is, is not very common up here. And like I said, it's, I've been up here for two years now and I was wondering if I was, you know, the first time, not wondering if, but when I was going to see something weird.
0: Yeah. And, ghost, and I'm surprised, ghost honestly, tar- it took this long. Ghost targets are something that you, you know, you see on the radar, but it's actually not physically there. Yeah, it's not a big deal. And also, it could man, be I, different things, right? It, it could be temperature That's change.
1: another thing. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. It could be it could be a bird.
0: Right. Right. It's <laughs> Honestly, a, Yeah, we're not saying a it's flock. a UFO, right? It's, it could yeah, be a flock Yeah, and that's one thing
1: birds. that bugs me out on these documentaries is, like, <laughs> when they're interviewing the controllers and they're like, oh, you, it's a ghost target, and then, you know, they play some <laughs> ominous music and... <laughs> You no, know, the guy's looking at the camera, but it's it's all totally normal shit.
0: Yeah, it could be a fucking albatross.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's damn albatrosses again, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Jersey Devil. oh uh, shit. <laughs> well, awesome, dude. I really but anyway, you. yeah.
1: What's that's uh, that's that's what's good with me. If I next time I have something, I'll I'll definitely oh, uh, I
0: appreciate you talking let about. The, it let about.
1: you in the audience now. I know you were going but back uh, and forth on
0: it. I appreciate you talking about it on the show. I really do.
1: Yeah, no problem, man, but I'm interested in hearing what's going on with you. I know a little bit, but you're going to have to give some background for the listeners.
0: Yeah, like listeners probably noticed that there hasn't been too many shows out lately. A couple things happened. Uh, You got sick. Um, I got sick. Uh, Tracy got sick. (laughs) And not everybody had Rona. Tracy's got, you know, something she's got with her spine. So we've just been really, really busy. I, you know. First thing that goes out the window, unfortunately, is this. Um, so, you know, we're back on the shtick here. But we've also been doing some other stuff. We were out in the field. Like, we did Fort Mifflin. Um, and I still haven't produced that show. Got a. think
1: you, it's going to be a solid show when you well, get it out there, man. You know I'm what actually it is? I'm Every
0: that. time I... I look into the audio, I get more and then I'm like twisted about what I'm going to be able to play and people are going to be able to hear over the, over the radio. I mean, it's going to be an intense headphone episode. It really is. And you're going to have to really crank it up. Don't be listening to it in the car on your, your way over, you know, to work. It's going to be, have to be something you're listening to at night with a drink and you know, the kids in bed and you got headphones on because some of this stuff is going to be hard to hear, but you know, I keep pulling more and more stuff out of it. So I'll get to that. But in the process of doing that investigation, uh, we were talking with somebody, and they recommended a private residence in Jersey that was having some issues. So the week before Thanksgiving, we went out and we investigated this private residence. And it was myself, uh, Tracy, um, Mike Morrison... And, you know, we went over to the house uh, and did the investigation. I have to tell you, it's a beautiful home. It's like 4,000 square foot. It's very old. Um, It was part of the the city that it's in. uh, And the reason I'm not telling you where it is is because the owner has since sold the home. (laughs) So... You know, it's somebody else is moving into that home. I don't want to tell everybody where it is, you know, um, but somebody else is moving into the home. They didn't sell it because they were having the issues. They sold it because they were just in the process of selling it. We had a limited amount of time to get in there. It was like, look, I'm, you know, and the real estate market is really good. So it sold in like three or four days. It's a beautiful home, Um, has stables out back. It's what you would have called, you know, back in 1850, a mansion,
1: um, yeah, so it is a Victorian home, right? It's
0: a colonial, uh, a colonial okay, and gotcha. it's beautiful. It's not a stone colonial. It's, it's a stick built colonial, but it's just pocket doors, formal dining room, you know, informal dining room, you know, kitchen that's like, you know, thousand square feet. The thing is unbelievable. Right. So we go over and I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't think much of it. Um, but what was cool about it is that it had never been investigated. And the owner had told us about it. And I found the fact that it was never touched and never investigated interesting. Um, did not know how interesting it was going to get. But we went over uh, and we split up. We had two teams moving throughout the house. Uh, I've reviewed a lot of the audio. There's uh, a whisper here and there. I haven't come across any banging EVPs yet. But well, when I was in the basement, um, Tracy's back was really hurting her. Um, and when I was in the basement by myself, uh, I was down there with our psychic. And, you know, she was uh, doing her thing. Uh, but then she had to go upstairs. Um, and I was down there by myself. And, you know, I didn't think we were getting anything. So, you know, I did some stuff. I did some, you know. I did some stuff that I shouldn't have did. I was kind of challenging it and things of that nature. So anyway, the, the night went well, um, got a couple of things moving when I was down here, which was interesting. Talked about that. Um, we hang, hung out with the owner, ate some pizza afterwards and we went home and that was a week before Thanksgiving. So yeah, I seemingly a cool,
1: but like kind of uneventful night. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> Like uh, upstairs in the, in the third story. Um, I did see something move in one of the rooms and Joan Cousins, who was also there uh, with Mike Morrison, that was the two teams. It was Joan and Mike and it was me and Marie uh, or me and Tracy, depending upon how her back was feeling that night. Um, But Joan and Mike were upstairs and Joan and Mike witnessed something moving in in one of the rooms too. And I witnessed something moving in one of the rooms when I was walking across. Like I caught it flash out of the corner of my eye and I'm pretty good at this point of, realizing when it's something flashing out of the corner of my eye is my imagination. And when it's not, and something Joan said about it, she said it was um, like a whitish yellow, like a cream color. And she said that after, like she, you know, so I went downstairs and said, Hey, I just saw something move. And we were, you know, kind of comparing notes. And she said, yeah, well, what I saw was like a cream color yellowish. And that was exactly what I saw. So that was in the third floor. Um, Uh, No kidding. So that happened. That was a personal experience, right? Um, But anyway, went home, had a nice night, hanging out with people we liked, uh, and Thanksgiving went well. Uh, Actually, Tracy went away uh, for Thanksgiving, and I kind of hung out at home because we didn't have anybody to watch the dogs. And the the week after Thanksgiving, I started having just really, really weird dreams. Um, So... My mother passed away last, not this September, but the September before. And we weren't on the best of uh, a footing when she passed away, unfortunately, Uh, which was 100% her uh, wanting it to be that way. (laughs) She held, she was holding grudges and it was just one of those times when, you know, she didn't think she would pass and we were in this grudge stage. So anyway, I started having these dreams about my mom. And they're, like, coming, man. Like, and I'm not a vivid dreamer. So, you know, it's very unusual for me to have a dream at all. I, I don't have um, any of that, like, you know, sleep paralysis stuff. I don't have any of that going on. So I'm having these dreams. And in the dreams, I'm, like, in my mother's kitchen. And she she's, like, cooking something on a stove. And she's, like, telling me everything that I'm doing wrong, right? (laughs) Which, believe me, (laughs) if she was alive, would not be something that would be unusual, right?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I I can identify.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, you know, she's lecturing me in these dreams, right? And it's about all kinds of different stuff, and you know how dreams are. Some of it's dead on, and it's stuff that's happening in real life that she couldn't possibly know about, but that could be your subconscious, and then some of it just doesn't make any sense, right? But there's these there's these incredibly vivid dreams, right? And I'm having them like once or twice a, a week for a couple weeks. So that goes on. So about two weeks before Christmas, uh, what happened was I was – my dog is getting up in age too. You can actually hear her barking in the background. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, she's getting up there. She's 18 years old. She's a Jack Russell Terrier. So she doesn't sleep through the night anymore. So we got to get her up. Usually around two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, and someone has to take her out, you know. So, that someone is usually me. (laughs) So I (laughs) got up, and my house isn't big, right? You just walk down a central staircase, and you're you're in the the two room downstairs. So there's a combination dining room, um, kitchen, and there's a living room. When you come down the bottom of the steps, there's a powder room down there too, but that's kind of closed off. So. I come downstairs, I'll take her out, and you have to carry her because um, her legs are getting bad. And I turn a corner, and I hear from behind a Christmas tree, Psst! and it is as clear as I just did it on the microphone. And you know, you just waking up a little bit, right? So you don't really trust your senses too much. So I, you know, I immediately dismissed it. I'm like, that did just—that's nothing. I'm just imagining that walk about another 25 feet towards the back sliding glass doors so I can let her out in the yard. And I hear Mike loud as I, I, I can possibly hear, I hear, I hear Mike and it is clear as a bell and I do not recognize the voice. I still don't know if it was a male or a female voice, but I heard it and I, I turned lights on as I walked through the house. So I had the lights on. It didn't freak me out too much, but I was just like, yeah. wow, that's, that's something. There's something
1: there. Yeah. Something and is... you were fully awake at this point. Yes. So, you know, so, I mean? you know and, and you heard it clear as day. Yeah. I mean, that's... and I'm like, wow, oh, man, it's spooky.
0: That's weird. <laughs> right. And once again, it was coming over from that area where the tree was. So I let her outside and I'm kind of just standing there and, you know, she has a routine. She comes back in and she drinks a, a ton of water and we go back to bed. I'll pick her up and I'll take her back. And I was so uncomfortable walking back by that tree for for whatever reason. Just like that pins and needles feeling on your neck, like that hair creeping up on the back of your neck feeling just like that. Yeah. You don't want to take another step without looking behind you, you know? And I went upstairs and went to bed. Didn't say anything to Tracy about it Um, because – and another week, she was going in for surgery. I didn't want to bug her about any of that stuff or talk to her about it. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah. Yeah. So that was the start of it um, getting pretty intense. And there's been a, a, a load of synchros since then, just a ton of them, you know, like, during the course right, of the All right, Well, day. before
1: you get into the, to the new thing that happened, let me uh, ask you. So when you were dreaming about your mom, uh-huh. and she was telling you, like – she told you that you messed up it down in that basement, right?
0: And yeah, she was sort of kind of like, you know, you shouldn't have did that. Uh, that's not the way to talk to people, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, how does she even know
1: about this? Yeah, now, was she in the kitchen? Was she in your kitchen or, like, your kitchen when you were growing up?
0: Her kitchen, which they're still in the same house. Okay. So it's they okay, still yeah, live in the same Because
1: I didn't house. know, like, if you were going out the, the door by your kitchen or, like, you know, over by the parlor. no
0: no it it was in her kitchen, and which is okay, still the right. still the same kitchen they inhabit as a matter of fact, they're almost down to the same cabinets <laughs> 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 they they still live there, they still live in the same house, so it was hers
1: I oh, mean that's that is wild though, yeah, so anyways, so what's what's all happened since then?
0: so you know, like uh, once again, I'm catching like shadows out of the corner of my eyes. And I'm really good with that stuff. Like I said, you know, I can, I know when it's my mind playing tricks on me. And I know when something's there because it's happened to me my whole life. You know what I mean? And usually what it'll do yeah. is it'll build up to something and some kind of big change in our lives. You know, that's, that's usually what happens. So I'm almost in a liminal place, but I don't know I'm in a liminal place. That's sort of kind of the way this, this rolls. Like stuff like this will start building up and then all of a sudden, you know, she'll say to me, Hey, I got a new job. And, you know, we got to move or, you know, like something like that. Or, you know, it happened right before uh, my daughter got pregnant. Like we had a little bit of stuff going on and then it happened before we moved out of Bethlehem. So that's kind of the way it usually rolls, right? So I'm seeing a bunch of like shadow stuff out of the corner of my eye, um, waking up in bed at night and hearing something walking through the hallway. Clears a bell. Um, she sleeps pretty soundly, but the dogs will be like the dogs sleep with us, the two Jack Russell. So th- they'll be staring out the yeah. door when I wake up, like they're looking at the same thing I'm looking at. Um, they uh, mean, yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, they've just been acting a little weird too. Um, they've been a little bit off their game lately. Uh, so about a week ago, um. She was upstairs. She went to bed early because her back, you know, she's still healing. So she went up, went to bed early, and I was downstairs. And it was me and the younger dog who is a male. He's 13 years old, um, and he kind of hangs out with me at night. And I had off the next day, so I was staying up a little bit late. Figured I was going to stay up to, like, maybe want to watch a movie. Wasn't watching anything scary, just, you know, like regular drama. All that kind of <laughs> stuff. So I wasn't in the mood. Wasn't drinking anything. You know, I don't drink anymore. wasn't doing any of that kind of stuff. Just sitting there on the couch. And out of the corner of my eye, um, I caught this light in the other room. And I thought it would kind of go. I thought, all right, well, maybe if it is a light that's blinking on and off, it'll kind of go away. And I catch it out of the corner of my eye. I look, I look back to the TV um, and... I hear the dog growl. I look back in the other room and there is a light in the other room, a light ball moving and it it's got spikes coming off of it. So like it's spiking in the air. And I saw this thing move across the room for a good three to four seconds. And my dog stood up on the back of the couch, you know, hair up on the back of his neck, you know, ears up in the air growling at this thing. And it was for a full three or four seconds. And then when it snapped out and just snapped out of existence, there was a pop an audible pop.
1: No kidding. Yeah. Oh man.
0: That was last week. That is one of the most dramatic things that's ever happened to me, you know, um, with, with this stuff. So it was just really, 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 bizarre um most people probably turn the tv off and go to bed i just was like all right that happened (laughs) you know like you know i'm just sort of kind of like wondering what it's all building up to you know that's that's sort of kind of what i'm what i'm wondering at this point what it's all building up to am i gonna put cameras up in my house am i gonna run video no i don't you know it's not really that interesting i mean we know this stuff exists i think if anything As time goes on with Bigfoot UFOs and ghosts, ghosts are absolutely the most, um, or ghost activity is absolutely the most thing that's, you know, real out there. It just seems like that to me. But, yeah, so it's just been a bunch of stuff like that, a bunch of crazy synchros. Like, I'll be in the car and thinking about a song. Like, it'll just come to me. Like, a song will come into my head. And then 20, 25 minutes later, uh, the song will come on the radio. You know that's happened at least six times since then.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I get that kind of stuff happening all the time.
0: Yeah, and when it does, it like I said, it always seems like it's building up to some kind of big change for us. You know, which you know is kind of happening. We're we're kind of kind of doing some things that um, you know we may be moving. Um, it's all good stuff. You know, we may be moving uh, out of Jersey again. Uh, so it's probably leading up to something, but yeah, that's, what's going on, man. It's, uh, just like a weird, weird time
1: right now. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If, I, I hope it's uh, I, I hope even, it's just normal paranormal activity, you know, yeah, I hope I, it's just normal paranormal activity. I hope you don't have like an attachment or something like that.
0: Yeah. I, well, that's what I'm worried about. I, I don't, I can't say off the top of my head that it is an attachment from that private residence. Um, our psychic that was there at the private residence seems to feel that there is a male spirit in the basement who was of European descent, who helped out at the house with horses and loading coal for the coal burner and stuff like that. And was just like a general handy person who did something that they shouldn't have did. And that's why they're still guilty and behind. So they might've did something to the family that, he worked for. Uh, I've done some research. I can't find anything online about that, but I've noticed with our psychic that she's usually at least 80% right. So. I yeah.
1: Yeah. And you were telling me, yeah, I was going to mention that too. I was going to say like, you know, maybe you couldn't independently verify any of that story, but like, it sounds like this, uh, this guy's psychics got a pretty good track record.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she does. And, it's one of those things where that's, that's her personal opinion. As a matter of fact, we, and the weird thing was, you know, there's, there's always synchros with her, right? Like the other night I was, after that light thing happened the next day early in the morning, she texted me just to check in, <laughs> you know, and it's uh, like, that'll yeah. happen. Like all this, and believe me, I won't hear from her for, for days and weeks at a time. And then all of a sudden, the night after the, the light snapped out of existence, the, the next day, she's like, hey, how you doing? How you guys been? Are you okay over there? Yeah. You know?
1: And man, I, it's crazy when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. I got a friend like that, too, man. Every time I think about her, it's it's so weird. Like, I think about her, and out of the blue, she'll text me. Like, right then, at that moment, you know? That's and qu- that's, that always kind of freaks me out.
0: That's quantum entanglement. I absolutely believe that. That's going to prove it. Prove, Proved to be scientific. I think. I think there is something to that.
1: Yeah, you excitement. know, sometimes there's there's times when it feels, man. I don't know. I, we do multiple shows about this and itself, man. But <laughs> I, I think there's a difference between, you know, uh, just coincidences and synchronicities. So, like, coincidence wise, I'll give you a good one this week. I give you a good one for our audience specifically, especially if they're from where we're from. But uh I called a guy at work a mama Luke, and nobody knows who the hell that is here. <laughs> and uh <laughs> it is it's funny because I said that and for for this was probably about a week ago, for the past week, it's been coming up now. I hear it I'm hearing everybody say it. Or like I'm hearing it on a on a movie or you know you know, my mom or I don't know, it's, it's just come up. Yeah. It's been like the word of the week.
0: <laughs> it's like a meme now. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, I don't know, man. But that's like that's like coincidental shit to me. But like, there's a difference between that and like the synchronicities that right. are like, there's right. no way, there's no way this should be happening. Right yeah, the now, thing you're you talking.
0: Yeah, the thing you're talking about with the Mama Luke is probably manifestation. <laughs> you know, and the, the other thing that the synchronicities is a thing in in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, last night, we were supposed to record last night and, you know, we ran into some problems. But like right before we were recording, she touched base with me again, <laughs> like out of the blue. So two, so two minutes before you and I were supposed to talk, she texts me, hey, how you doing? And then, she, you know, it's it's always like that with her and I. There's almost like a quantum entanglement with, with us two.
1: It's crazy. Doesn't oh, seem,
0: Doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. It's just, it's just, odd. yeah, so, I
1: just let it happen, man. I just, I just take it now. When yeah. it gives me goosebumps, it gives me goosebumps. But, yeah.
0: uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're, you, you're, you, you know, when your life, when something weird is happening in your life, you know, most of our lives are pretty mundane, you know, day to day, uh, getting through the day, doing your, doing your little, you know, um, your little schedule working through yeah, it. All yeah. Everything's
1: a routine, you know? Yeah.
0: So when something happens out of routine. It's, uh, it stands out pretty well, you know, you know, when it's going on, but yeah, that's what's been going on, man. You know, uh, nothing since then, nothing since that light, um, you know, just, just weird shit like that. And things are going good over here. I mean, she's Tracy's healing up. Um,
1: yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It sounds like everything's on the up and up man. I mean, we just got off a terrible year. Yeah. I mean, there's some things coming up ahead that I ain't exactly too excited for. But
0: uh <laughs> Yeah, you're fixing to be real busy. But either
1: soon. way, yeah. I mean uh I think things are going good for the both of us. I think things are definitely uh you know Yeah, so it's nothing nice horrible. Me. I'm glad Tracy's one of men, you know. I think yeah. everything's good, but uh
0: It's nothing horrible. Yeah. Right. I know I'm you know, I don't have this overwhelming sense of dread. Believe me, there's been times like that. When stuff happens yeah. and it's been like you know, oh god. No, I understand. Yeah, you know any day something's gonna happen and then sure enough it does. And you don't know how much of that is manifestation too. How much how much of that do you think in new existence, right? You know, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take every day as it comes and just keep moving forward, man. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, if anything happens, uh, share with us here, you know what I Oh, mean? absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, look, if I, I see anything else from the tower, or if I have any crazy experiences. Well, that was, the definitely... discuss-
0: that was the discussion, right? When we were talking about it the other day, when we, we did the Patreon show, um, we were both on the, on a fence about talking about this stuff, but you know what? I don't, I don't really care if people think, you know, I'm whacked yeah. out. I, I, <laughs> I really,
1: yeah, yeah I've been I totally really anonymous care. through this whole thing, but you you know, I don't have a social media anyway. I don't know what the deal is, but uh <laughs> like You're too I'm, busy. I guess uh yeah, yeah. I, I think what I'm I just don't really care anymore, man. If something's weird's gonna happen, I'm gonna share it with you guys. Yeah, that's awesome, like if, dude. If I if I'm doing a show, I'm gonna do it hundred percent. I, I the only thing I'm holding back is things I cannot legally talk about. Right. And none of that stuff is uh Yeah None of that stuff is crazy. You know what I mean? None of that's gonna you know, crack the case on UFOs or anything like that.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted to update you on what's been going. We've been getting some email, um, left and right. A lot of people are asking about what's going on with Barry Zeldin. And so I I wanted to talk a little bit about that. There's just not much going on with it. Um, there wasn't. So basically there hasn't really been enough, uh, you know, information to put together another episode on it. But I think that's going to change because, I did have a breakthrough when I was rereading the uh, the report. Um, I also think that with the better weather, you know, coming up at the end of February and March, we might be able to get back out there. I, I see myself closing it out with three more episodes. There's a couple more people that I have to talk to. So that'll move forward. I think we'll we'll get some movement on that. There just hasn't been much to do with the pandemic. And, um, you know, I think everybody yeah. who's listening to that, series can kind of surmise that the people that I've interviewed so far tell so many varying stories. Um, The facts are all mixed up. Uh, You know, there's the especially the hunters, like the hunters that I'm interviewing. You know, I I don't think we've gotten an ounce of truth out of any of them. I'm just going to be honest. You know, I just don't. I, I think I think there's definitely something there. I think they know a little bit more than what they're talking about. And I think oh, I Oh, th-
1: I do 100%. Yeah, and I think <laughs> they, they they know some.
0: Yeah, like, you know, one of the things that I can leak a little bit of, but one of the things that they kept insisting upon was that John Hall was Barry's best friend and we just needed to talk to John Hall. So, you know, you got to, he, did you talk to Hall yet? Hall really? I mean, I don't know much about Barry, but Hall knows everything about him. You know, John Hall, John Hall, John Hall. So it's going on and on with this John Hall, right? So it's, it's all the, you know, the reason we're missing out on everything is we can't get to this John Hall. And it took forever to get this guy. So what happened was, um, one day in the summer we were, uh, the grandson was coming over and my daughter was coming over and we were heading down to the beach. And it was like a weekday I had off Tracy had off beautiful day for the beach. So we pack everything up in the car and we head to the beach and we get there, we're walking on the beach, 150 yards uh, in on the beach. Uh, and the, my phone rings and I didn't even hear it, you know, at first because of my ringer was really low. And Tracy said, your phone's ringing. So I answered the phone. It's John Hall. Um. So of course, you know, I'm at the beach and I, you know, this guy's in his eighties. I don't want to tell him, Hey, can I call you back so I can run home? You know? And to be quite honest with you, I didn't really feel like running home. You know, I like hanging out with my grandson. So we talked a little bit and it was, it was a really good talk, but, um, and there were a lot of good little nuggets in there that I'll talk about on the next episode. There's some really interesting stuff. Uh, matter of fact, something that proves that Barry wasn't hunting that day, uh, will be revealed. But basically when I was talking to John, he's like, Mike, I I don't even know the guy. I hardly know him. And he went through the whole, you know, series of how he doesn't know him and how he's not his best friend. And he didn't know him growing up. and Yeah,
1: contrary to what everybody's telling you. you know?
0: What every hunter has said is that John Hall's the absolute key. You got to talk to Hall. Hall knows everything about Barry. They grew up together. Uh, you know, they might have been cops together. Uh, John Hall is the guy you got to talk to. I mean, we heard it. We heard it on all those interviews, right? With those guys. Um, and it's just not the case. It's so, you know, I, John Hall wouldn't get into whether he was still with the hunting club and whether he was still actively hanging out with those guys. And I do, but what he did do was he, he promised to to show me where Barry stands were. So when I, when I got off the phone with him, that's where we were. Uh, But he was extremely, extremely frightened about COVID. All these guys are, right? So all these 70, 80-year-old guys, you can't blame them. They're all freaked out about COVID, and they don't want to go outdoors right now. Perfectly perfectly understandable. Yeah, that's acceptable. I can't push them on it, right? But one thing we can definitely deduce is that John Hall, if you listen to John Hall, is not Barry's best friend. So that got me interested in just, you know, sitting back for a while and trying to let it marinate, you know, in my head and figure out where to go next. And uh I went back in and I looked at the police report and there are a couple of people mentioned in the police report, but their statements are completely redacted. So I'm in the price process of trying to get together with those two guys, and I do know from another email I got from uh a anonymous source that the police are still actively investigating this case. So it's just not me looking into it. So they have an idea of something that they, you know, they have a theory and they, they are still actively looking into that theory.
1: I don't think it's on the yeah, top of you... their list
0: every day, but I think they keep, they're keeping their eyes on somebody. So that that well, was what I know, Yeah. That's what I got
1: out of it. There's a couple other things I know about that I know you're not really teasing right now, but I'm pretty excited for you to get going with it. Yeah, um,
0: I'm gonna get back on the stick next week on it. Um, and try <laughs> to try to get with those people that are redacted off of there, but mentioned in the report. And
1: uh, well, yeah, for any listeners here that like don't have any idea what we're talking about right now, maybe they're newer listeners. Uh, you want to give them like a brief rundown on the uh, Barry Selden case and like what got you into it?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, You know, Barry was mentioned. Barry is the only missing 411 David Politis, New Jersey case. Yeah, (laughs) I
1: think that's uh, why I knew about it. Yeah, he's (laughs) the
0: only guy that Dave Politis wrote up for New Jersey. And I think he was just, you know, look, I have to be honest with you, I think he was just looking for something to do that mentioned New Jersey, to maybe get some people from New Jersey to, to buy the book. I don't know. You know, yeah, the, but it's if a, you
1: guys don't know, Dave Politis is he's the missing 411 guy, yeah. The, so it's a the, whole thing f- that go missing this bizarre disappearances. Of is people. it
0: Bigfoot? Is it UFOs? Is it a serial yeah, killer? He, right, like that whole thing. He so,
1: doesn't speculate to the point where it's annoying, is right? Hell, but uh, he he, he speculates yeah. <laughs> and he never draws an opinion, you know, and it, yeah, exactly, exactly, it's
0: very entertaining. Dave's stuff is very entertaining. I recommend his books highly, and at that point. Couple of years ago, I was really into that, so I just thought With to all myself, that
1: said, "This ended up being pretty interesting looking into it, man." Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I think I. Well, it was. I think that we got like three episodes on there. I they're kind of a spinoff. What is a uh, Beyond the Garden Gate?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh if you look them up, you you look into the feed, you'll see every Barry's old an episode. I think there's I think four or five now. I don't know. But yeah, we,
1: man. Well, Mike definitely deep-dived this case, man. He did a lot of boots-on-ground stuff. And, uh,
2: Yeah,
0: and man, still, I, those, still
1: doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's – uh. So, basically, man, what – I'll tell what, you, those, I, those were some good episodes, man. All three episodes were, thank were you, awesome.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, what happened with Barry was, you know, he went into uh, – he left his house in um, Mays Landing and said he was going out to just set bait, took his dog with him. Um, and didn't come back for a few days. His wife didn't think too much of it. That was something Barry would do, uh, make a long story short. Uh, she starts getting nervous, goes out, tries to find the hunting club. Cause she didn't even know where it was. Eventually she tracks down the hunting club, finds out where they are, goes in. That's like on Thursday after he leaves on, no, it was Friday after he leaves on Monday. So like four days go by, um, and she gets there kind of late. On Friday night, they go out looking in a couple popular spots where they think Barry might be. They don't find him. Uh, This is the hunting club, guys. They come back. uh, She calls the police. Um, The police come. They interview her. And a full-scale search starts on Saturday um, by, like, 9 o'clock Saturday morning. Uh, His truck is found. He had a truck that he used for hunting. Uh, It was, like, a beater. That he would just use. He didn't want to use his good vehicle because his good vehicle was a nice vehicle Uh, to make things even more complicated. He used to park it on a friend's property (laughs) for whatever reason uh, that was a little bit closer to the hunting grounds. And this was a guy that also says he barely knew him. I just let him park his car here. So there's that whole thing going on, and they find it on this back road. It's a sand road, um, and they find a the dog in the car, but they don't find Barry. So they set out a full-scale search, and that was The back.
1: dog lived, by the way.
0: Yes, <laughs> and is still alive. Taffy is still alive. And that was back in 2013, and still to this day, Barry has never been found. Uh, he's never come crawling out of the woods. Uh, so that's why Dave politis wrote it up. So what I did was I contacted the family, uh, his daughter-in-law got in touch with her cause I saw her on a lot of chat boards asking for help and finding her father-in-law. She was super kind. Uh, and I've been working ever since then interviewing different people that are mentioned in the police report. She facilitated me getting the police report. And, uh, so we, we tracked that whole thing down, like what happened to Barry and, just so happens that Barry is a very interesting character. So on top of yeah. it all,
1: <laughs> to say the least.
0: yeah, Barry's got a lot of stuff going on, but the, but the main takeaway from it is that it started out as a missing four one one case. And I think it's probably not anything to do with missing four one one. It was a reach to put it in the book to begin with. So that's kind of where it is. And just trying to close it out and yeah, see it's, if we uh, get some, you know, get some, uh, some, relief or shake something out of the trees for the family.
1: Not as paranormal as, you know, it, it came off as, right. you know, initially. And, you know, like the stuff we talk about, but man, interesting. Nonetheless, man, I've, I've been, I've been following it pretty well, hardcore.
0: And there is no,
1: I mean, I'm super invested at this point. I know a few listeners are like, what's going to happen with Barry Zeldin? And you know, there's uh, no, shortage it, it, of it is difficult, people. man. Treating the case with respect. Say, well, I'm sorry. What's Good.
0: There's no there's no shortage of missing people, man. Uh we I went to go actually look at a property last week and was talking to the guy and he asked me, you know, what the podcast was about and we were talking about it and he goes, You know, you ought to look into this missing Amish girl that just got taken a couple of weeks ago. I mean, like it is amazing how many people go missing in this country. Yeah,
1: it is. It really is, man. Yeah. I mean,
0: You'll never run out if you. That's the subject you want to do. You'll never run out of of subject material. So it's it's a lot yeah, I less mean, common. Quite a, there's
1: quite a few podcasts I listen to right now, man. They're strictly about missing people.
0: Yeah, it's a lot less. It's a lot more common than you know people would would really think. You know, so that was it's it. Really
1: unsettling, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that was it.
0: So hopefully, we'll get some movement on that too. Coming coming here and awesome, man. Yeah.
1: So the week well, we, good show. We
0: cover everything that you <laughs> wanted to cover. We didn't miss anything, uh, did we?
1: <laughs> nah, nah. This all started supposed to be about the Black Knight satellite. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we both looked into that and you know, yeah. it ain't nothing but a space blanket, so
0: Yeah. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey. I appreciate you telling your story. Yeah, no problem, no problem. I'm really interested in uh Getting that out and this will be the first unedited episode we're gonna get out just to get out there to the public. I'm not even editing this thing today. So all right, yeah. so, so everybody can is, hear everybody can hear how unorganized <laughs> we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this is the first uh official recording we've done in twenty twenty one. Exactly. But we got some twenty twenty stuff coming up. Yes we do. <laughs> that uh that we've we've done in the past, it's just on the horizon. So yeah. Thank you, buddy. We may get things a little bit out of order, but it's all good. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs>
0: And there you have it, our first episode of 2021. I'd like to thank G for joining us. And uh, next week, we'll be talking about the War of the Worlds. Thanks. Have a great week. <music>